From Luminary Media, this is Karamo. You know I'm all about helping you get to the emotional core of what's happening in your life. And on this show, you're able to call in and speak directly to me to get advice to navigate those hard issues that you're going through. Hey, Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Karamo. Today is part two of the conversation we've been having about feeling invisible in our world. And I am so excited to be joined by someone I literally stalked. No joke. Watched his television show, then slid into his DMs and said, if you're not my friend, I'll be outside of your house tomorrow. Was that how the conversation went? Basically, and I was here for it. Perfect. <laughs> Everyone, introducing the amazing Ryan O'Connell. You all may know him from his new Netflix series, Special, which I don't like using the word groundbreaking because it's how you've been living your life forever. But for other people, it is groundbreaking because you show your identities in a beautiful and amazing way. Do you want to share what all those identities are with everyone? Uh, Gay, disabled, Virgo. (laughs) (laughs) Which one is more toxic? Virgos. I've dated them. I've dated them. Yeah, yeah, we're fucking nightmares. Only you and Beyonce, I think, are the only two Virgos I love. We get it done, honey. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. We get it done. Hey, friends! First of all, let's talk about the journey. Yeah. Um... You were pitching special for four years. Yeah. And what was the feedback you were getting? Well, so we we pitched it in 2015. So basically what happened was is that Jim Parsons offered my book before it even came out. Mm-hmm. And there was like a studio bidding war because like Hollywood was like, gay CP love. <laughs> um, so like, you know, I met the town and, and Jim was like the only one that made me feel like I wasn't slimed afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like... He he's just very genuine. So we went out and we pitched a bunch of places and um everyone loved it and we basically left every single meeting thinking that we had sold it and then one by one people got complete. I mean this was a total different time. 2015 even though it was only 4 years ago, like you know, like we were just realizing that like Hollywood was like racist. Yeah, completely. <laughs> and, like sexist. 
Yeah, he disabled was like way down the list, honey. It was like in two point font. You know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, they just weren't ready for this jelly, quite quite frankly. Yes. Um. So then, so then we went to this digital platform uh, within Warner Brothers called Stage Thirteen, and they were doing short form content. And so then they commissioned me to write eight episodes um, for fifteen minutes each. But there still wasn't a home, so I was writing these scripts, um, kind of just like really understanding that. I felt like they were never going to get made, which yes. which actually helped me as a writer because I just wrote the show that I wanted to make and I didn't care and I didn't think about the things I was going to have to actually act out on screen. Um, and then we sent the scripts to Netflix and Netflix bought it. It sounds like very like easy breezy when I'm explaining it, but it was, yeah, it was four years when all was said and done. Wow. Yeah, it was a amazing. journey. But you are extraordinary in the fact of not giving up. Yeah. Just going after your dreams and also um, just really being your true authentic self. But before we get even more into your story, I like to, because I think a lot of times people have fears about approaching um, subjects or people that they feel are, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotations, different. Yeah. Um, because they, they're they scared that they're going to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. Yeah. So I noticed you always say gay and disabled. Yeah. But many people have been taught now that you don't call someone disabled, you say they're living with a disability. What is the proper term for, so that if someone is so trying to get to know? I have never been a PC warrior princess. Mm -hmm. Like I say the word gimp, <laughs> like that's my truth. You know what I mean? Like I just don't care. So like, but here's the deal. When you're a member of a marginalized population, you use whatever language is comfortable to you. Mm -hmm. So for me, disabled, I'm like DTF. I don't care. It doesn't mean anything to me. If someone else is triggered by that who's disabled, like love that for them and they can choose whatever they're comfortable with. I don't personally know that there is a blanket term that people use that like everyone on the disabled spectrum is okay with. Because let me tell you, everyone has a million different opinions yes. and everyone feels 5,000 different things about something. Mm -hmm. So I can only speak for myself, which is like I'm totally fine with being called disabled. Like lol, I think we have bigger fish to fry. <laughs> You're like, that's not one that, of them for Honey, me. that doesn't keep me up at night. <laughs> that isn't, I'm not tossing and turning. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care. It doesn't yeah. feel anything to me. Like, yeah. why, like I'm disabled. I identify as that. That doesn't... I, I don't know. I just also feel like, uh, you know, it's my language, my truth. I can basically identify however the hell I want. And that goes with the other disabled communities. So, I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm just not a PC bitch. And how do, you, how do you in believe that people who are listening should engage someone to have the conversation about what works for them? Yeah, no, I think when approaching disabled people, people are always like, how should you talk to them? Like, no, no, it's like, just treat them literally like anybody else. It's not that complicated. Of course. Look, I have sympathy. I really do. Because I think that the frustrating thing about um, being disabled in this culture is that the dialogue about disability is only really just starting now, which yes. is crazy. Mm -hmm. So you have a lot of people that just don't know. And then we also live in a culture where if you don't know, you're so scared of offending someone because everyone's getting canceled, et cetera, et cetera. So people are just always walking around on eggshells, which to me makes the problem even worse because all disabled want, all disabled people want is just to be treated like literally everybody else. They don't want to be infantilized. They don't want to be treated with kid gloves. We always feel like our disability is the only thing that we're seen and defined by. And yeah. I think that's like a... Bummer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, for you, for me, you were defined by that amazing sex scene that you oh, did in no, um, your funny. show. Yeah, that's the things I do for my art. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to know because, you know, the Queer Eye, we're a very PC positive show. There's yeah. no sex scenes. Yeah, I at know. All. Why are you guys just not 
fucking in the van. I don't understand. <laughs> I always just will think it should just cut to you guys. Like, I don't understand. You know, like that dating show Next? Do you remember yeah. that? I was on that show. No, you were. I swear to God. Stop. I swear to God. I feel I was, like I should have seen that because I've seen like every gay episode of it Next. Was, it was literally, I was right <laughs> after the real world. I was on yeah. the real world. They were like, will you do this um, next episode special one from real world? And I was like, sure. Yeah. I next everybody and within a matter of two minutes. That is hilarious. I was like, next, next, I love next. it because all the guys do is like they get rejected and they just like hook up in the van, which I'm like, that's chic. Yeah. <laughs> I that's love what we that. should be doing. Gay men are just like, they know they have the plan B, they have the plan C, they have the plan D. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, they're good. They're fine. They don't care. So what was that like for you you know, just doing a sex scene on camera. I was obviously really nervous about it. I mean, I was here. It was very complicado because on one hand, as a writer and a creator, it was the scene that I was truly most excited about because I had been so trolled by the lack of gay sex in our media. Yeah. I just didn't understand. Like, like what, I've talked about this before in interviews and stuff, but the when I saw Call Me By Your Name and they panned away to the moon when Army Hammer and Timothy Chalamet started fucking, mm-hmm. I was like beyond triggered. I was like, wait, are you jo- joking? Like, why can't we see that this whole movie is predicated upon gay desire and you're building to this moment where they finally consummate the relationship and then we don't even get to see it but we get to see him screw a peach and we get to see him have sex with a girl like uh no yeah like i don't that's like so screwed up i think there is such a fear around gay sex i really do i think people are just really generally uncomfortable with it and um i think it's really damaging and i think it's also affected how gay men relate to sex and have like their own sex lives. I think there's always just a weird kind of component of shame. Anyway, so I was really excited to like erase that and show gay sex as I had been known to have it for many years. Yeah. Like it again, it's like like people do say that scene's groundbreaking, which like kind of makes me lol. Like it, it is. And I knew that when I wrote it, I knew that I was gonna be writing like a gay sex scene that we hadn't seen. But to me it was so funny because I was just writing gay sex as everyone I know has it. So mm-hmm. it felt so obvious, and the fact that it hadn't been done before really made me frustrated and angry. So I wrote the scene, and I was really happy with it. I was super excited about it. But then, like, yeah, like getting to perform in that scene like wasn't my favorite thing. Like, I wasn't, like, jonesing. I wasn't like, oh, my God, those sex scenes here today. <laughs> Here's the deal. Like, I never, I'd never acted before in my life, so I didn't understand, like, how anything worked. So, like, honestly, like, I didn't understand that I would have to, like, get undressed 40 times. Do you know what yeah. I wore a suit. So I wear a suit. I was exhausted. So by the time I was naked on my back, I was like, let's celebrate, honey. Yeah. I was like, mom is having a murder. Like, let's go. Like, I was like, I get to lay down. Great. Yeah. Love. Like, like, I was so, I was so done. I was so done getting undressed in that fucking suit. I was just ready to party on my back. You know what I mean? And Brian Jordan Alvarez, who played my, uh, my love interest or sex worker or whatever. And um, he's incredible. He's just, I, I wrote the part for him because I've known him personally for a couple years now, and he is just someone who truly has no judgment whatsoever, and he's just very free and open and loving. And um, I kind of just knew that if there was anyone to get fake fucked by, it would be him. (laughs) And I wasn't wrong. I really wasn't wrong. Like, he was so generous. Here's the thing, too. Like... Because I never acted before and never went to like acting school or whatever the fuck. Like I didn't know how to like usher my way out of a scene. So like we'd be having like intense scenes, not with Brian, but like in other parts of the show. And then, you know, we'd call we'd yell cut and then like an actor would just be like, anyways, here's a picture of my dog. And you'd be like, Well, I'm still like here, like in the scene. I can't yeah. get out of it because I don't know how to detach. Yeah. So with what Brian did, what I was always so thankful for is that when we would like cut he would like always give me like a hug or a kiss to kind of usher me out of the scene which I thought was so amazing and honestly that little gesture like that he knew to do that he's just very 
intuitive and very he's just incredible so it actually it ended up being like in the beginning very scary and then by the end of it it was like incredibly cathartic just to be like and you get nervous being naked like in a cock sock like around a crew but honestly by the take two you don't give a shit you really don't yeah you're just like here's my body anyways <laughs> so uh i actually really enjoyed it and there'll but be a lot more something that was real season. will there be yeah oh yeah well, good job I, i'm so because there's so much to explore honey that hasn't been talked it's, about i agree like, i want to do an episode about topping anxiety like, i think that's a very real yes um so yeah and anyway i don't want to give spoilers but yeah, yeah. Mm, i think there's well no what I, I think what is really special about what you just said is no pun intended <laughs> um was you know even though this is regular for you this is how you've been having sex forever right um this is not something that's seen and you know it's this is about feeling invisible and yeah. everyone at home who was watching that and said finally i get to see this you know you even gave the example of in call me by your name how they pan away to the moon yeah about like you know, that feeling of why hasn't this been seen? Why haven't I been seen yet? Right. When was the first time you felt invisible in your life? Um, it's interesting because I think being disabled, you walk this line of being hyper visible and also being invisible at the same time. So mm. what happens is like you're walking, let's say, like at the grocery store and a small kid looks at you and goes, like turns to their parents like, what's wrong with that guy? Why is he walking that way? Yeah. So you feel you feel like there's a spotlight on you and then you see the parent get flustered and kind of shoo the kid away and then walk away from you. And then you see yourself getting deleted. So it's like this weird mind fuck of feeling so like walking around with yeah a spotlight on your body it's almost like when uh, a woman is pregnant people feel like they have the gall to really kind of like touch your belly and all that stuff have that's sort of like being disabled people feel free to comment on your body yeah. in a weird way so then because that's being hyper visible but then they get uncomfortable and then you can see them just make the decision to kind of erase you because they don't know what to do with you wow. so it's like weird it's a weird blend it's, yeah. a, it's a buffet You know, now that I think about it, because I used to work in social services, mm. and I've never heard it articulated like that, but a lot of the youth I used to work with had that same experience, yeah. whether they were trans, um, living with a disability. Yeah. So how did you, what did you do in those moments to protect yourself? Um, I mean, I didn't. I think that, I think it was really hard for me at first. I mean, you know, I mean, the story of the show is something that actually happened to me, which was when I was 20. I, so I never really, I hated being disabled, truly hated it. And I have a mild case, so I felt like, I never really belonged in the disabled world. I never felt like I belonged in the able-bodied world. I always felt like I was stuck in limbo. Mm -hmm. And so when I was 20, I was hit by a car and then I moved to New York and everyone assumed my limp was from my car accident. And so then I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I'm just a car accident victim now. Because yeah. in my mind, like being a car accident victim is so much more relatable. Like anyone can get hit by a car. Like people immediately sympathize with that. They understand it. They like feel so bad for you. Whereas with cerebral palsy, like no one understands really what that is. There's a lot of confusion because cerebral palsy like runs the gamut. It goes from mild to wild. So like I just was an accident victim and that made it more, my existence more palatable. The point is, is that I've just struggled with internalized ableism my entire life, and it's taken me a long time to learn how to protect myself and to also just, like, own my stuff and not feel ashamed. Um, I don't know. It's hard. Like, I feel like I'm learning so much about myself every day. And because I was closeted about my disability until I was 28 and my book came out, 
and it's been four years. So I went from not talking about Mystery of Palsy to making a TV show about it and writing a book about it in four years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I feel like I'm just still like unpacking, honey. And I'm like, Fuck, I'm tired. <laughs> If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Being like a marginalized person, I feel like my existence has always been like, how do I make people around me feel comfortable, you know? And like, mm. I, like I'm like i an entertainer. Like I love to perform people. I like to make people feel at ease. And part of that is like, is that how I was born? Is that innate? Or is it because I was disabled and my whole, my whole thing, my whole MO is like, don't worry, I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not crazy. I'm not scary. And I think any marginalized person can relate to that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like being like, don't worry. Like I might look kind of weird, but like, I'm just like you and I'm going to make you laugh. I'm going to make you feel at ease. And I, that's exhausting. How do you counter that? Because that you're right. That is exhausting. And anyone who feels different in the eyes of society feels the sort of need to like either rebel against that or make people feel super comfortable around them. But yeah. as we know, that's not your responsibility. So no. how do you fight against that now? I oscillate between the two wildly. I, I, I slip into my MO, which is making people feel comfortable, which, by the way, I genuinely like making people laugh and making people happy. That's like a real thing. That's like, so again, it's really hard to tease apart, like what brings me legitimate joy? And then what am I, what like, and then what is part of me just trying to make someone feel comfortable because I don't want them to be scared of me. Mm -hmm. It's really hard. I don't know which, where one ends and the other begins. Um, And then there's another part of me that feels like, 
fuck it. I want to be the girl with the most cake. I don't want to apologize. I think as a marginalized person, you also always think like, how can I take up the least amount of space? And I think with mm. acting, that was also part of my journey. So I was never attached to act in the show because I wasn't an actor. And then we, I became an actor on the show because of honestly, like the budget and like whatever. Yeah. So, so, so I was thrust into this position and I've realized now that I've always liked acting and I always liked performing, but I think it was buried so deep inside of myself because I felt like that was so greedy to want all those things. I felt like it was already greedy enough that I wanted my own show and I wanted to write it and I you know, wanted to be the creator of it, executive producer. To act, it's like, oh, that's so much. Like, I don't need to do that. It's okay. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's taken me a while to just be like, yeah. I want to do all the things and I don't think I should have to apologize for that. Mm. But it's like, it's a lot of deprogramming. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I just try to like walk around the con with the confidence of like a mediocre straight white male. Like, <laughs> cause like they don't care. They're yeah. literally like, give me this, give me that, give me this, give me that, give me that. And like, they suck. Yeah. <laughs> they're like not good. You know what I mean? But they think they're good. Like, and you're like, wait, I want to do that. I want to channel the mediocre straight white male mentality because they're killing it. Yeah. They're killing it. And they, may, and they don't apologize for any of the things that they want. So they, instead of what would entitled. Jesus do, we should do what would mediocre white men do? Yeah, mediocre white men. We yeah. need to make those bracelets. Yeah, I know, honey. <laughs> and the, the answer is what would they do? They would take all they would take all of it. Yeah. They would be like, I want this, I want that, give it to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I just try to channel that. I realized something in the last couple of years where I was like, oh. I hate myself because I live in an ableist society. Like, I've been taught to hate myself from mm -hmm. birth. So that's not real. Like, yeah. my self-loathing is not real. That's created from our society. Mm. So, like, I need to deprogram myself from what I've been taught to feel about myself. And once I, like, and again, like, seeing how straight white men move through the wor world, honestly, it sounds cheesy, but, like, that was groundbreaking to me. Yeah. And it was, like, little things. Like, when I would, like, be at a cafe and I would see some straight white guy talk to the barista, hold her hostage, like, non-consensual storytelling about, like, his band. And I'd be like, wow, imagine moving through this world thinking that your barista wants to hear about your stupid fucking band. I was like, this is crazy. I was like, this entitlement, this this confidence, where does this come from? I'm like, oh, it comes from being raised in like a patriarchal, like white society. Wow. I was like, this is crazy. Like the, this, these feelings I've had about myself have all been because of our fucked up society. Yeah. And like once you like once you realize that, it's so freeing mm. because you realize like it's not rooted in reality. Mm. Like I hate myself because of where I was born and how I was born. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's not my fault. Mm. It really was groundbreaking. You can fight who you are as much as you want, honey. It's a fight you literally will never win. So good luck with your fucking projects. You better, um, you better preach. Good you luck with your preach. projects, honey. You can never win. Like XOXO, <laughs> it's who you are. Deny, deny, but it doesn't matter. Uh, I think that once you realize that. Oh, also, knowing that people are so horny for authenticity. They just are. Yes. People are so horny for it. Oh. They love it, honey. They love yes. someone who's just living their truth, who's comfortable in their own skin. They're like, oh, my God. It's like heroin for them. Yeah. So it's like that is like. And that's because most people are afraid to. Yes, of course. So they're like, course. let me get a piece of what you have. Of yeah. course. In 2019, it's probably one of the first times that I've seen a gay man living with a disability on TV. Yeah. Like, it's I, don't, I can't crazy. remember anything before. Like, we're also like, not to be like a cynical bitch, but like, 
one in four identify as disabled. That's 25% of the population that you are not serving. So from, you know, obviously it's called show business, business. Yes. Okay, think about as a gay man. I don't know about you, but if like I get the like faintest whiff of gay in a, in a movie, I'm there opening night with popcorn. Hundred like, percent. Even, even if it's like Andrew Reynolds being like, "Yes, girl," in the background, like I don't know, like I'll just go. You know what I mean? Because I'll support. You know what I mean? Yes. And like, like because we're so underserved, honey, we're starving. Yes. Send us your scraps. We'll eat them up. Yes. So to me, I'm like, there's 25 percent of the population that you are just truly ignoring. Like that's psychotic and bad business. That yeah. is bad business. Well, I tell all my friends who are executives, I'm like, you wonder why movies like Black Panther, Crazy Rich oh Asians, why they did well? It's because you're not. Serving Serving these communities, so you give them one film, and then they're like, "I'm going, honey. We're not, we're not waiting. We're, you know we're, I mean? we're grasping on at hope straws." On top of it being good quality of course, content, of you know? course, yeah, totally. But like, even if it wasn't good, we'd still go, <laughs> yeah. and that's the reality. <laughs> yeah, even if it's not good, we'd still be like, "Yes, like amazing." You know Seriously. what I mean? Like, it's got to make money. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? It's it's incredible. So I just don't understand how you would turn such a blind spot to such a huge population where they you can make money off of them. Yeah, I don't know. It sounds really cynical, but again, like. I know how the business works and it's like serve these stories like we are chronically underrepresented and we will go and we'll show up and we'll support do you feel visible now yeah i do i think that i've really come i i, I think that again the response to special has been completely validating and it just is really like echoed everything i have felt where i knew that if i told this story the one thing too that i get triggered by is like what you were saying is like you tell this kind of story and people always worry that it's too niche or it's too fringe to me that's insane because I know through the more specific you get in your writing, the more universal it becomes. That's why, by the way, network TV is failing because mm-hmm. they're too afraid to take any kind of chance. So they just water it down, water it down. And then to, at the end result is it means nothing to anyone. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. if you give a specific voice a platform, because here's the deal. Being a human it's all the same shit. I mean, obviously we come in different packages, whatever, whatever. But when you boil down our, our basic wants and desires, it's all the same thing. We want love. We want to feel supported at our job. We want to feel like how we have good relations with our family, et cetera, et cetera. Like we are all just like a top 40 pop song. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, like special comes in an unconventional package. But to me, the show is very conventional and gets to basically like basic truths that everyone can relate to. Yeah, you know what I mean, I do. So it's like not rocket science. To I'm me. so thankful for you. Oh my god, I'm thankful for you. And I'm also thankful for like these new um, Instagram photos where you keep making fun of yourself being a model, but like oh my god, you're the really photo hot. shoots. Oh, really oh, There's Thank one you, in you with black and white. Thank you. If you haven't, go to Ryan's oh Instagram. <laughs> it's like a black and white photo, and like I, I literally got this um, friend crush. Like I was yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. really turned on by oh, my friend thank right you. now. Oh yeah. my god, honey, I live to turn people on. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is a sexy photo. So oh who knows? God. You just started acting, and now yeah. supermodel might Modeling. be next. You know what? I I would be so down to be like limping down runways, honey. I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna secret that, or I'm gonna put that out there. I'm like, putting it out there as I'm, well. I'm ready to limp down any fucking runway, honey. Like I love that. Come you know. On. I also think there's something like there is something really cool about like you know a disabled person. Like I'm I'm really into like using my sexuality. I think that's really empowering because like yes. we, our dicks have been cut off for so long. Mm-hmm. Like. We've been like basically Ken dolls or Barbie dolls. And I think there is something really empowering about like, yes, disabled people can be fucking sexy, honey. Yes. Like, here we go. Okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> Off to the goddamn races. Okay. Bring lube. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to.
gonna put that on a t-shirt. Off to the races and bring lube. Yes, honey. <laughs> yes, it's true. Words to live by. <laughs> All right. So before we go, I have to just. Um, last week, Laverne was here, and she said something that I've now decided I'm incorporating into every interview I Ooh, do. Okay. Which um, she was the first. You would now be the second. But yeah. I think it was really special because this show is about all about like getting to the emotional core, helping you live happier, healthier lives. That's why all of our friends from around the world, they tune in because I want people to grow and feel seen and feel loved. Um, And so at the core of that is vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And so the question I have for you is what is something you would want people to know about you? Oh my God, that is such a hard question. Wait, what did what did Laverne say? I can't tell you. You have to listen. Oh my God, what would you say? Have you answered it? I haven't actually. Wait, can I can I just flip it to you and then get inspired? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Okay. Well, um, what do you want people to know about you? Um, that most days I wake up and feel like I am failing people. Mm-hmm. Most days. Mm-hmm. Like, not some days, most days. Mm-hmm. And my job is literally to help people, which is why I think I help more people than I actually have the capacity to. Uh-huh. It's because I'm trying to make up for this fear in my mind that I'm actually not helping enough people. Uh huh. And I'm all, it gets me down. I so. bet that probably has been magnified with your popularity growing, too. It has been. Now because now you have a lot more people it, to help and more, not help. Exactly. And yeah. that's Because I get DMs and I literally sit in bed for like two hours just answering questions, it's trying hard. to like, yeah, that's my vulnerability. Ability and fear. Okay, so I think I think what I'll say is I still really struggle with internalized ableism. I still really struggle with being disabled. And I feel like what's really uncomfortable for me, but I'm learning, is now I am now the face of disability in some ways. You know, mm-hmm. I'm visible in that way. And I don't have all the answers at all. And I still really like wake up some days and I'm like, oh, this fucking limp, these scars, da da da. And it doesn't yeah, it doesn't go away. Yeah. And I just try to be really open and honest about it because I'm not like, because it, 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 again, it, it, it varies. Some days I really do feel empowered and I'm like, I'm disabled. Fuck yes. And then like other times <laughs> I'm like, oh, this kind of sucks. And like maybe if I do like two more like, like planks, like whatever, I can like wash cerebral palsy off my body. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't have all the answers. And I, I, I and I really, it, being like this kind of role model or whatever to disabled people, I'm, I'm very touched and I'm very like over but I'm overwhelmed by it and I just I don't want to let anyone down but I also know that I'm very imperfect and I'm I'm so not where I need to be in my disabled journey but I'm trying and I'm getting better every day but it but it's still it's still a struggle it just is Brian, so, I love you and I appreciate you. Oh, thank and thank you. you for allowing me to stalk you and force yes. you to be my friend. Honey, I love a slide into the DM. Yes. I really do. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. I love it. It's the modern way. It is. There's no shame anymore, honey. No, that's how shit gets done. That's how shit gets done. I literally am like, oh, I want to be his friend. Maybe yes. he'll like me. Yes, honey. Yes. I love it. I'm here for it. Friends, I got to tell you, that was one of the best conversations I've ever had. Ryan is a kiki. Am I lying? Like, I have been laughing nonstop. He is so funny, but also he is a much-needed voice in the entertainment industry and in the world. Friends, I can't wait to hear your comments. Please, friends, go to social media. Hit me up at Karamo on all my platforms and let me know what part of your identity do you feel is invisible? And what can we do as a community to support you in feeling seen? Because together, that's when change happens. Friends, as always, I love you and I appreciate you. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Karama.
Karamo is presented by Luminary Media, produced by Little Everywhere, hosted by me, Karamo. Music by Ernie Wooden and the Big Woozy Band. Remember, this is an entertainment advice show. If you need direct help or direct advice on a physical or mental issue you're currently dealing with, please contact a professional in your town who can advise you. As always, friends, for more healing and growth, check out more episodes of Karamo on Luminary Media. Hey, friends! Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 